0: Testing. One, two. Uh, okay. Can I ask you all to get your right arm and stretch it out like that with a closed fist? No, no. Fist up like that. Yeah, and Clench your fist tightly and then go like this. Right. This morning's going to be an exercise class. Who, who, who's got nice bulging biceps that they can feel there? Who would like to have nice bulging biceps? Who recognises that to get biceps like that are, are bulging and big, it requires exercise. It requires training. It requires a bit of dedication to doing things. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about fruitfulness. You thought I was going to say I was talking about exercise, didn't you? That may come into it a little bit later on. So last week, who I won't ask who remembers because... It's a silly question. I'll remind you of what we talked about last week. We talked about how we often confuse fruitfulness and productivity and that they're actually different things. Productivity relies on a process, and the more successful the process, the more fruit is produced. Fruitfulness relies on a relationship. In fact, it relies on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the success of fruitfulness actually results in more relationships with Jesus not just more fruit. And we can look at it as a mindset. I could ask you, I could get up here and I could thunder from the pulpit. Uh, I'm obviously not a good thunderer. And I could say, what have you done for God this week? And you'd all look guilty. Except the... the (coughs) Who's done something great for God this week? You see, some people have put their hand up. But most, most people don't because it's like, well, is it, was it great? Was it, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that God and I connected. But, but we feel guilty because we often have a productivity mindset. What I'm, what I'm asking if I say, what have you done for God this week? It implies a certain relationship that you have with God where God is your master and expects you to produce something. What if I said, what have you and God done together this week? Now I think, who's done something with God this week? See, people put their hands up. It's because it's a relationship. Fruitfulness is not about God whipping us into doing something for him. Fruitfulness is about developing our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's more about what we've done with God this week, which implies a partnership, than it is about what we've done for God. So this week, last week we talked about the inward perspective, you know, the health of the vine and the ability to just keep producing fruit And this week I want to talk about the outward perspective and look at the question, what what does fruit do? Strangely enough, I I know that some people will be shocked by this, but fruit trees do not produce fruit for you to eat. There is not something genetic in a fruit tree that makes it wake up one morning and think, look at all these two-legged people scampering around, I'm going to develop an orange so they can eat it. I hate to tell you this, but fruit trees have no interest in you whatsoever. And the fact that you like to eat their fruit is just a byproduct of the fact that they're trying to produce seeds to reproduce. And we're, we're upsetting their plans. We're taking away their fruit, eating them, and putting the seeds in the bin. Where as long as you empty the bin often enough, nothing grows. <laughs> nice We'll say no more about that. So I want you to visualise it. The reason we did the, uh, the bicep curl in the beginning was I want you to visualise fruitfulness slightly differently this morning. So let's, let's look at what Galatians 5.22 says about fruit. Uh, we showed this last week. So we've got, It's interesting, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the first point we should notice about that is who produces the fruit? The Holy Spirit. So we're not producing the fruit. So take a deep breath, let it out, relax. You don't have to produce the fruit. The Holy Spirit is producing the fruit. So ultimately, it's about our relationship because remember... John 5.5 5 in the Message Version says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Now the second important point is, notice if we go back one, it says, produces this kind of fruit. It doesn't say these kind of fruits. So all of those bundled together are a fruit. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit, but it actually talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The reason that that's important is because there's a unity. It's not a question of picking out one of those and saying, look, I'm pretty good, I've got the joy of the Spirit down pat. I'm really good at that, you should all be jealous. I am happy, and you're all saying, you're just happy because you're a grandparent for the first time. It'll wear off. and it's, it's not about looking at those and thinking, well, yeah, I'm doing pretty good in the joy stakes, and, and, and I'm okay at the kindness, perhaps so much, not so much at the patience. Um, it's, all but, it's one fruit, and the fruit is simply how we live our lives as Christians. And strangely enough, it's also the method where people see Christ in us to actually develop that fruit. Strangely, it sounds to me a bit like discipleship. Developing fruit in people's lives. So let's look at the fruit and and divide them up. There are actually three divisions that we can divide these fruit up into. And the first three are actually from God to us. Love is listed first because it's the foundation all the other graces have. God is love and loves the world. 1 John 4.8 Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Joy is a deep and constant inner rejoicing which was promised to those who are in relationship with Jesus. John 15.11 says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy, and yes, your joy will overflow. And peace, again, is a gift from God. It's an inner calm and quietness even in the face of adverse circumstances defying human understandings. And we can read about that Philippians 4.7, which says you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we've got three core pieces of fruit, if you like. Love, peace, and joy. Or love, joy, and peace, if we want to get them in order. So the second three are actually fruit that comes from us to others. And this is where the the idea of exercise is important because these three fruit, if they come out from us and they're not supported by the core fruit that God has put into us, we'll fail. So we need love, joy, and peace so that we can show people patience. Now patience, I love the way it says this, is... The quality of, of forbearance under provocation. So in other words, it's keeping calm when you're being aggravated. It entertains no thought of retaliation when wrongfully treated. We're not actually called to respond to ill treatment. Colossians 1.11, we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience. You need, may you be filled with joy. There we go, that joy comes again. Kindness is benevolence in action, as God demonstrates towards us as mankind. Since God is kind towards sinners, guess what Christians should be? We should be the same. Romans 2.4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Interesting. And goodness, goodness is uprightness of soul. It's actually an action to reach out to others to do good even when it's not deserved. Who loves doing that? Who loves to? Matthew 5.41, if a soldier demands you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. So they're, they're, that's fruit that we actually do for other people. We actually are good to people, kind to people and patient towards people. And the third three are actually how we conduct our lives. They're our response to God. Faithfulness is the quality which renders a person trustworthy or reliable. Just like the faithful servant in Luke 16. where It says in 16.10, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Haste to start small. Because if we're honest with the small things, God will give us more responsibility. Gentleness is a person who's submitted to God's word and who's considerate of others when discipline is needed. Ephesians 4.2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, notice there, it doesn't say point out each other's faults in love. It says make allowances for each other's faults. That doesn't mean giving the person a list and saying, look, these are your problems. And just be, bear in mind, I'm making allowances for them. <laughs> That's not what this verse is trying to say. But who knows that so many people are actually so willing to tell you what your faults are. The, the, there's a list of them in somebody else's mind somewhere about your faults, my faults. People have lists in their minds. And, and when you ask, you know, what's Nathan's problem? Well, hang on, they bring out the list. <laughs> you know? <laughs> What's Vicky's problem? Pull out an even longer list (laughs) In their minds And the thing is that This scripture says, no It's not a question of making lists It's a question of loving the person And actually pretending that list does not exist And then raising it from your mind So that when people talk about other people's faults You say, really? I never noticed And mean it We need to practice perhaps Perhaps a bit later And self-control, interestingly the the, the Greek word for self-control is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. Uh, And it's here and two other places, I can't remember. Uh, Denotes self-mastery and primarily relates to curbing the impulses of the flesh. Such a quality is impossible to attain apart from the power of God's Spirit. So Galatians 5.16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't want to do what your sinful nature craves. Now, I want you to visualise it like this, because that all sounds great, and it's all scriptural, because I've read out all these scriptures to you. But how, how do you actually operate in it, in your life? Well, think of the first three. What were the first three? Love, peace, joy, peace. Sorry, I- sorry. <laughs> So I get them the wrong way around, so I might be peaceful. Yeah, patience, come on. Think of them as core exercises. Who's ever been to the gym? Who's ever watched somebody at the gym? Who's ever seen the gym on television? Um, so we all know what a gym is, right? And so I've, I've been to one, and, and this, this may be a male thing, but I've noticed that a lot of the people who go to the gym when you see them doing exercises, the exercises that you see them doing are the visible one. They're doing the bicep curls with the massive weights. You sort of think, how do they, how do they lift that? And, and they're doing the, the leg presses and they're bulging thighs and things like this. But often these people, when they go out into the real world, like they go to Fiji and they have to lift sheets of iron and huge bulks of timber and, and stuff like this, discover they can't do it because although their arms are strong, their core is weak. And it's all very well being able to lift a dumbbell, but when you have to lift h- huge bits of timber, you've got to use your legs, your core, your back, your shoulders, you know, everything. And if you haven't actually got the core exercises done, then the rest of it doesn't matter. And so the core you go to the gym, the core exercises are boring because they involve things like planks, where you, you just sit there stretched out on your elbows for two minutes at a time, doing nothing. It looks really easy. I've got a good mind to get you all out here and do them. But It strengthens your core muscles. You do ab crunches and things like this. All the exercises that people hate are actually the important ones to do because all the rest of your muscles rest on the strength of your core. And so God's actually called us to go to the spiritual gym and get the core exercises down pat. Love, joy, and peace. That was the right three, wasn't it? And so that's why it says these are from God. These are the things that he's given us to strengthen us inside so that we can actually then do the second three, which is what we can do for other people. And the trouble is, who knows people who have appeared on the surface that they've got patience, goodness, and kindness, but at a certain point they snap. (laughs) I've been guilty of that. (laughs) And that's because their muscles snap because they haven't got the core strength. And so when we've built that up, then we can actually show our biceps to people, that we can show our our bulging leg muscles, and we can actually go out and do things for people. We can show our kindness, we can show our patience, we can show our goodness, because we have a core of love, joy, and peace inside of us. And we can keep doing that, because we we keep building ourselves up on the inside so that we can actually do good works on the outside. And the third, the third three faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are actually lifestyle. That's what people see when they look at you. Who knows that more often than not, people who have been to the gym who have developed a healthy lifestyle, they don't, actually, they don't actually walk up to you and say, oh, Nathan, look at those biceps, because they're hidden under his shirt. So they can't see them. Oh, those thighs, whoa, magnificent. They walk, they walk up to you and say, Nathan, you look different. You changed your hair. Um, you, you're not wearing glasses. Uh, and they, they look for things. You, you know, you're a different your color. You look. You look happy. There's, there's, there's something different about you. They can't pinpoint it, but they can see that there's a health that is coming from the inside that is operating on the outside. And they look at you and say, yeah, "You're looking really good." And that gets them thinking. He's looking. What, what is he doing? and that's where the the self-control comes in that's where the the last three which I'll have to get to my notes for because I've forgotten again faithfulness, gentleness, self-control are part of our lifestyle they're the things that enable us to walk through life and people say I want what they've got there's something in them that's different there's that inner glow that people see and they think something's going well with them I want, I want to have what they've got. But it's like an exercise regime. It built, you don't get that glow and that lifestyle just from doing bicep curls. You've actually got to have the whole package. That's why it says the Holy Spirit brings it to you and it is a fruit. There might be nine of them, but all together they make the one fruit of the Spirit. And we're called not to just have one or two of them. We're called to be the complete package. And so if we want to break down, how, how are we going to conduct our lives? How, how do these fruit of the Spirit work in our lives? What do we have to do to be fruitful? Become a gym instructor of the spiritual soul. We actually have to get our core strength happening. We have to work on our love, joy, and peace, which has our connection. They come from God. So if you're going to get more love, more joy, more peace, who do you have to go to? To God. We have to develop our relationship with Jesus to get those things happening in our lives. And then the next thing we have to do is listen to God because he, he sends us out to do things for others. He sends us out to show them our goodness, our kindness, our patience. So we have to connect with God, we have to listen to God, and then we have to do what we're called to do. We have to show that our lifestyle actually contains faithfulness, gentleness and (laughs) self-control. We're on a journey. We have to get our core strength happening. We have to build our muscles on that framework that our core strength has got and then we need to live like we believe in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Simples. Don't you love faith? It's actually not as hard as we think if we can break it down and do what God has called us to do. We need to be encouraged sometimes, I think, in this. And I, I, was, I was praying for people this week. I don't, want, I don't want to give people the impression that I pray, pray for people who think that this person needs something, so I'm going to pray for them because they need it. it, it it's, it's pretty rare. I pray for everybody, and, and if God puts a word in, in, in my heart and my mind, then I'll speak it. I don't always know what it means. I don't always understand what God's trying to say, and I try and make it so that there's not too much of me in all of this. But I believe God has a word for grace. And he, he just wants to encourage you that what you do is actually important to him. He sees what you do. He loves what you do. He says, you like to be a little in the background, but he says he has different plans. You're going to be a superstar glad you guys are here. God gave me a word for you. I talked last week about the fact that the great thing about fruitfulness is that we're connected to a vine and all living things go through seasons. And I, I was praying for you. I really felt God says there is a change of season coming. I know there's been an obvious change of season with young Lucas there. But I, think, I don't think that's what he's talking about. There's a change of season. You've been praying for a change. You've been praying for something different. God is saying that change of season is coming. Stay faithful. Be patient. It is coming. Cody. He says he likes your core strength. He says other people like what they can see on the outside, but God says he loves the core. He loves what's inside. He says he loves what's outside, and he knows you love what's outside, but he says look after the core, and the outside will actually look after itself. Sean, God thinks you're a hoot. God loves the enthusiasm and the the interest that you show. He says that there's a spirit inside of you of excitement and joy. He says people are going to, that's going to come out. People are going to love that. Ethan, hi. No, that's not, that's what God says. <laughs> he knows your spirit, He knows your heart. He says, it's all, all that matters. It says when he says hi, say hi back. Alice. I don't know what, what. I've got a great note. I've got Alice and Gary written down, and next to it there's a big question mark. Because your names came into my mind, but I wasn't really sure what God was saying you'll have to give me a couple of seconds because I'm still not sure. But I believe he has something for you. He sees something in you. Actually, he wants to break something, and it's fear. He wants to tell you that he has faith in your strength and your ability. He has faith that... Your dreams and desires are aligned with his. And he says to you and to Gary, he says, step out. Leave fear behind. Believe in what you're doing. Because he does. You have made your decision. You have made your choice. Don't fear that somebody will take that away. God believes in you and God believes in the plans that you have. I really feel there's a, there's a gentleness of spirit here this morning. I just want, if, you've, if you're unwell at the moment, if, you've got, if you're sore or hurting or you, you've got a cold, hay fever, whatever it is that is afflicting you, I just want you to put your mind on that right now. If it's something physical that's not embarrassing, just put your hand on it. And Start believing that God's healing power is flowing this morning through your body. Lord, I thank you that your spirit brings new life, changes things, removes decay, Thank you, Lord. Bring healing to this place. Holy God. Everybody, take a deep breath. Let it out again. Who was it? I think, did we sing a song this morning that talked about breathing? Breathing. Can we, can we sing that? <clears throat> Let's just keep that atmosphere of worship going. just get you to be seated just for a moment before we finish our service and I want to issue an invitation that we make every Sunday that if you don't know our Lord Jesus Christ that he wants to have a relationship with you and although It's a decision that we make. He wants to encourage us to actually make that decision. We have free will to actually decide to follow Jesus or not to follow Jesus. But all he requires to start that journey is a signal of assent, a declaration that we actually do want to follow him. And the way we do that here is that in a moment I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes and if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ or you have in the past but believe that you're not walking as a child of God while nobody's looking around I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so that I can see it and I'll acknowledge that hand and after that we're going to stand together and pray a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart which will begin a walk with him which will develop and mature as your connection with Jesus matures as well. So can I ask right now that everybody just close their eyes and bow their heads. And if you want to make that commitment to Jesus this morning and pray that prayer with me, can you just raise your hand while no one's looking around? And I'll acknowledge that. And we can pray a prayer to bring Jesus into your heart. Is there anyone at all? it's the first time, or whether you've done it before, but feel that you've walked away from Jesus, he would love to restore you to a connection with him. Okay, can you open your eyes? Let's stand again. Let's continue that song just for a couple of times through.